Hey friends, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel, and I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. In today's episode, I had the privilege of chatting with author Francine Rivers about her book and soon-to-release movie, Redeeming Love. Now be sure to stick around until the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. In this particular segment of the show at the end where I do that, I'm going to give my honest feedback from both a personal point of view and a therapist's perspective about the pros and cons of watching this movie. So if you're someone who has experienced some sexual trauma, for example, I want you to please be sure to stay tuned for that segment. Well, if you're not familiar with Francine, let me tell you a little about her now. She is a New York Times bestselling author. Francine has published numerous novels, all of that are bestsellers, and she's continued to win both industry acclaim and reader loyalty around the globe. Her novels have been awarded or nominated for many honors, and in 1997, after winning her third Rita Award for Inspirational Fiction, Francine was inducted into the Romance Writers of America Hall of Fame. In 2015, she received the Lifetime Achievement Award from American Christian Fiction Writers. Francine's novels have been translated into over 30 different languages, and she enjoys bestseller status in many foreign countries. She and her husband enjoy spending time with their children and their grandchildren. Now, you might have noticed I got a little tongue twisted reading her bio because she's kind of that amazing. She's done a lot of work. She's one of my all-time favorite authors, especially in this fiction area. Her book, Redeeming Love, is for sure one of my very favorites. In fact, in our episode today, I shared with her and then obviously with all of you about that book and how it impacted my life. So Please help me welcome Francine to the show. If you don't know her and love her already, I know you're going to after you get to hear from her today. Well, hello, Francine. Welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Good to talk to you. Yes, I'm excited. This feels very full circle for me. I actually got your book, Redeeming Love, given to me when I was a senior in high school, which uh, I'll just go ahead and tattle on myself. This year is our 20-year reunion for my senior year of high school. So it's been 20 years ago that somebody gifted me that book. And I have to be honest with you, when somebody, when when the woman gifted it to me, I was not in a place where I was ready to receive that message. And I kind of just put the book on my shelf and thought, well, that's a nice graduation gift. And about a year later, um, the Lord led me to open the pages of that. And it was life-changing. The book was, period. And it's still, 20 years later, remains my favorite book. I recommend it to people. I've read lots of your other books. How many books have you written? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think over 30. Yeah. Did you yeah. dream of growing up to be an author? I dreamed of growing up to be a writer, yeah, but I had no idea what I would write because I didn't like to read. I wasn't a very good reader. Oh, wow. It's sort of a latchkey kid before latchkey kids were common. Yeah. I lived a lot in my imagination. And my, my dad wrote a nonfiction book. He was, he had a heart attack. And while he was at home in bed for three months, he wrote a book on the officer speaks in public. He was a police officer. 
And my mom wrote journals, I mean, all the time. So I saw them writing. And I think that inspired me. Yeah. But I knew I was writing stories of some kind, but I didn't know what. Yeah. What was the first book that you wrote? First book was called Kathleen, and it was what I would call a Western Gothic romance. Combination of the three genres that I enjoyed at that time. Yeah. Okay. And now I have to, before we, because obviously today we're going to talk primarily about redeeming love, um, but in the movie that's coming out, which super excited for that. Um, I'm curious about your own salvation story. When did you come to know the Lord? I, I was raised in the church, but I didn't really come to the Lord until my late thirties. And okay. it, Rick and I were struggling in our marriage. And um, I thought, you know, I'm ready to try anything, even church again. We've been in church in Southern California, but Jesus had left the building, frankly. They weren't really preaching the gospel. A lot of things were going on. And uh, we came up to uh, Sebastopol. An eight-year-old child from next door came over and said, have I got a church for you? A few weeks later, I went, and the pastor was teaching expository style. You know, we're teaching the like start chapter one, verse one, here's what the, t- the text is saying, but here's the historical aspect and here's what it has to do with you today. And that just broke me open. We started a home Bible study because I couldn't get my husband to church. Not if you can't get your husband to church, you bring the church to your husband. We went through the, the gospels and then we came to the minor prophets. And I had been a writer in the general market for a number of years writing steamy historical romances. When I became a Christian, I couldn't write for almost three years. But the book of Hosea just broke me open. And I felt like God was saying, this is the love story I want you to write. It's passionate. Yeah. It's redemptive. It's, you know, a beautiful, beautiful story from scripture. And it really, really spoke to me. So that was the inspiration for Redeeming Love. Yeah. Was Redeeming Love your first uh, Christian novel? It was my first Christian novel, but it was published in the general market originally. And when the book went out of print, I got the rights back. And And you grow as a Christian. He begins to transform you. And there were things that I wanted to take out, soften, and also scenes that I wanted to put in. So I was able to put in the conversion scene, which wasn't in the original. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So the, the one that we see now on the market is what I call the redeemed version of Redeeming Love. Oh, how cool. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's, oh, that's so cool. Okay, I have so much to talk about. So let's talk about then, did you ever think any of your books were going to turn into a movie one day? Was that in your heart? No, it wasn't really in my heart. It it wasn't anything I've thought about that much. I did have a previous movie, The Last Sin Eater, came out uh, as a movie done by Michael Landon Jr. and Brian Bird. But Redeeming Love was the one I really wanted to see on the screen, but I would... I was really nervous about it because it can be turned into something it's not intended to be. Mm-hmm. It, it's a steamy story. God's love is passionate and it's a consuming fire and there's so much to it and it had to be done properly. We worked with several companies. Um, they had options, but the scripts were never right. So I ended up reading about how to write a script, got the right software and thought, well, when I was working with Mission Pictures and Cindy Bond, I wanted to write a script to give them an example of what I was looking for. And they ended up saying, well, we like this one. And then I worked with DJ Caruso, who's the director, and he restructured. And then we worked together to strengthen certain scenes. And so I feel like it's a collaborative effort of what you're seeing on the screen now. All the main scenes that are in the book that I think mean a lot to the readers are in the movie. 
Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. I got to watch it last week and wow, so powerful, so powerful. I'm excited for people to get to watch it when it releases here um, on January 21st, correct? Yes. Yeah, um, so pencil that into your calendar. Um, all right, so what made this the right time then to go ahead and bring it into film. So, and and you got to actually, I just want to repeat that for the listeners too, because I wasn't sure myself, you got to be a part of the script writing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The original script came from me and then DJ and I worked together for the for the actual production script that's that's going to see. Yeah. yeah. And that's so cool. Cause that was a question I had gotten when I shared with some of my listeners that I was going to get to watch it. Their questions were, you know, did it stay true to the, to the book or did it just go off the beaten path? And I'm like, no, it did. You know, Jesus is still there. And yeah, all the, yeah. the, the storyline is still there. So you briefly mentioned a second ago that when you um, first got saved and you first really started diving into the Bible, that story of Hosea just knocked you off your, your feet. So for somebody listening, who's going, I don't really, I'm not familiar with that story. Can you give us a little a glimpse into that? <laughs> well, God instructs the prophet Hosea to marry um, Gomer, who is a prostitute. And she turns away from him repeatedly, and he woos her back again. And it really is a, it's a picture of God's love for his people. So it's an allegory. And in a, in a sense, redeeming love is an allegory, too. I wanted to show people the difference between what the world says love is and how God's love really looks. And Michael is living according to the way Jesus is and, and gently wooing angel to hopefully have faith yeah. in him. Yeah, that's what I, you know, as I, as I was watching it, and then, of course, I read the book too, but um, seeing it in front of your eyes versus reading it is different. And yes. it, it brings you to tears because there's so many times with Michael that I'm like, why are you still going back? You know, like, why are you, why do you still love her? Why are you still here? You know, that, like you said, in the world's view, he would have left a long time ago and said, yeah. okay, go have fun, go live your life, forget you. Um, and especially whenever he, you know, said she has free will, she has to decide on her own to come back. Um, that just, man, that part rattled me. So let's talk for a second of that, that difference of how the world views love versus how God demonstrates it. What are the biggest differences that you see there? Well, I think the world looks at love as a feeling and feelings come and go, but love is action too. And God's love never fails. It is constant and it is continuous. And we're the ones that have to make the decision. I mean, do we accept his love or do we turn away? And I, I think that choice, what, what we believe about Jesus is really that question is an eternal perspective question that decides the course of your eternal life. That's what we want to get across with this movie too, is take another look at God. He's there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so different because I think that even a lot of Christians, you kind of mentioned this yourself, that growing up in church versus actually like really getting into the word and everything. Um, a lot of Christians walk around with this feeling of like we have to earn God's love, you know, or like that we have to earn our worth. We have to earn something. And so, again, to see this story really paint such a pretty picture of no, you don't. Like, it's yours for free, you know, because of what Jesus did. What would you say would you would love, like, if somebody went and watched the film or read the book, that you would want their main key takeaway message to be from this? That God is, God loves us. Mm -hmm. You know, what I'm hoping will happen is I'm hoping Christians will take non-Christian friends. Mm. 
often just don't have any faith or they don't understand who Jesus is because there are a lot of people, they don't want to talk about Jesus. They don't want to read the Bible, mm-hmm. but that, that's the value. I think of a book or a movie is you can take friends and then it opens up that conversation and you have something to, to talk about, to give them a, a more of an understanding of who God is and how much he loves them. Yeah. And then he has a plan. He has a unique plan for each of us. We're all uniquely gifted. And then we get, extra gifts when we become Christians and give the spiritual gifts to share with the body. Christ. Yeah. I love that practical tip of, okay, so let's say somebody listening decided to take, like you said, a non-believing friend and they watch the movie. What would be their next steps after the movie to have, like, what are good conversation starters or what could they do with this friend that they took to the movie? Well, I'd, I'd start with, what did you think of the movie? Yeah. <laughs> and, and what, it, you know, who was your favorite character and why? Because, you know, I think a lot of Christians might identify with Paul mm, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of Christians that they look, they see and that we, we tend to judge people on the outward, on the outward appearance or what we see happening, but we don't see into the heart of a person. Yeah. And, you know, Paul has his own redemptive story and I named him Paul because I wanted him to be like Saul of Tarsus. Mm, yeah. So, you know, there were reasons why they were all named the way they were, but, um, at, or Miriam, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's a woman who plays the part of Michael, you know, loving a man the way God loves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So since you're starting to bring up a few of the characters, can you briefly tell us some of the main characters and what they represent? Well, Michael is really acting out and living out Christ-like love for Angel. Angel is, to me, every sinner. She has that course where we all start out as children of darkness, and then we're defiant. You know, nobody's going to control my life or tell me what to do. And then when you realize that God doesn't want bits and pieces of us, he wants everything. That can be terrifying in some respects. And then to begin to see outward instead of always inward, that's humility. And then joy in the morning when you come to the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And then Paul, of course, uh, he's the self-righteous one that's looking at her from the outside and judging her, even though he is a large part of what happens. And I think Satan kind of uses him to be attacking her all the time and reinforcing the wrong thinking, the lies that Satan tells us about that she's not worth anything, that she will always be a prostitute, that she can never change. He plays that part of constantly reminding her of that, and Michael is trying to show her a whole new life because Christ offers us new life, new identity, or a new creation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is so good. Um, did you get to help pick out who would play these roles? Yes, you did. that was thrilling. Yeah, I got to see the auditions. And when we saw Abigail Cohen, I mean, she looked like Angel. She's a really good actress. So we knew right off the bat who our Angel was. Uh, Michael Hosea was a lot harder to cast mm-hmm. because he has to be able to pull off purity. Uh, he's a man who waits. He's a virgin. He's waiting for the right woman, the woman that God gives him. And uh, we found, actually, it was G.J. Caruso who found Tom Lewis. He's a British actor, classically trained, extremely talented. And he just had a way of showing the different nuances of emotion in different scenes. Um, Just a really fine, talented young man. Yeah. And he read the book twice before he played the role, so he knew what he was, he knew what he was doing, what he was playing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Now, um, how how long did it take to film at the... Uh, we were there for three weeks, and I think it was like 
under two months to film it. And it, the miraculous thing is they finished all the filming 24 hours ahead of the worldwide COVID shutdown. Wow. The whole movie was done. And then for the next year, they were able to do everything else they needed to do, you know, bringing in the music and all and doing the cutting and the editing uh, in private studios. So the movie's been ready for a year. Wow. Just been waiting for things to open up so we can release it. Yeah, yeah. Now, now that it's brought to completion, has it exceeded your expectations? Has it met it? Where, where, where does it land for you? Uh, it it exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, when Rick and I went to South Africa and went on the sets, I was just blown away to see you know what's in your mind. And I kind of envisioned a mining camp with really rugged buildings and kind of. And Johnny Det, uh, Brett, it's B-R-E-E-D-T, he designed the sets and they are phenomenal. He created this whole town of paradise and they built a chapel. Uh, and I believe that's all going to stay there in South Africa. So we may see those sets in other movies. But uh, that was a thrill. Yeah. Just a, way beyond what I expected. Okay, so they recorded in South Africa. I didn't realize that. Yes. Yeah, they filmed it uh, in South Africa down near Cape Town and up toward the mountains. Wow. Big big ranch back there, but beautiful, beautiful scenery. Uh, Looks very much like Southern California, you know, not Southern California, Northern California with the wine country and all that. Yeah. And then they built all those sets just for this movie. Yes. Yeah. How cool. Wow. Okay, so... Any final words? I know we're kind of wrapping up our time here and I feel like we, I could talk to you for an hour about all the things that you've wrote and everything, but final words, uh, somebody listening who's maybe has read the book and loved the book, but just like most readers are kind of like, eh, I don't know about the movie. Like what, any final words of encouragement to them about going to see it? Oh, I just, I hope that they go and well, I, I really hope that people read the book before they go because then they'll know all the inner conversations the spiritual battle that's going on that's being portrayed on screen uh and they'll understand it a lot better and i hope they'll i hope they'll share it with other people and really come out of there feeling like god loves me this is incredible yeah the relationship i can have with the lord i want to investigate that and dive into it that's what i'm hoping yeah well you answered my last question i was going to ask do people need to have read the book before they go and watch the movie it'd be good to right they don't have to. I wish they would. Mm-hmm. And if, when they see the movie, I hope if they haven't read the book, they'll read the book afterwards and get the full story of what's going on. Yeah, I agree. Because didn't you in the book um, at some point, maybe in the back or somewhere, talk a bit about the the biblical story or something? I read that somewhere. I know I there there is uh, my testimony in the back of where it all okay. came from talk about Hosea in there because Hosea really when they come out Christians I hope they'll dive back into the book of Hosea and see what's there for them yeah I was just thinking that I was like I need to go back and read that again and see see the different things so I love when an author is able to do that you know have great writing but then also point people back to the original story you know and go dive into the book of Hosea go read it for yourself and go see what the Lord says to you through that story as well well that's the whole thing I think with fiction is it's intended to be a bridge it's never intended to replace the real thing and a, and a movie and a and a book can be a real tool to drawing others and opening that conversation about faith and about Jesus with people who don't know him 
Yeah, yeah. Well, Francine, thank you for taking time to come on today to chat with me about the book and um, about the movie, but then really most importantly about Jesus and and God's redeeming love. And um, I'm just excited with you to see what the Lord does through this um, movie and book and the story and just conversations that are going to be had. I, I appreciate your time today. Well, thank you, Rachel. It's been a pleasure. Well, it is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show where we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps that you can implement into your life right now. Now, today's segment's a little different because I'm not necessarily giving you practical steps, but as I promised in the intro of this episode, and I also promised y'all who follow me over on Instagram, I want to give you my review about this movie. The book I highly recommend. I read it for the first time 20 years ago. I have reread it and every time it gets better. I I can't recommend the book enough, but a lot of you wanted to know, because as you know, a lot of books, they go, um, they're one thing and then they go on film and they're another thing. And so I was very pleased to hear that Francine was able to be a part of the script writing process for the movie. Um, That was really important to her. And, you know, you got to hear a little about that today. But I wanted to share my personal opinion of the movie. But I also want to share with you from a therapist's perspective. Uh, So let me start personally and just share with you. Personally, I loved the movie. Um, I love whenever an author and then now, you know, they've been able to take this book and turn it into a movie. And paint a picture. You know, um, for those of you who don't know this about me, I grew up in rural Oklahoma and my parents actually started something called Picture and Scripture Amphitheater. And it literally was that. It made scripture and painted pictures with it and turned it into life. And so um, they were outdoor dramas. Uh, The first one my dad wrote and the two after that my mom wrote, but the first one was about the man who ran story of Jonah. And then we had Elijah and then the Damascus road. And so they, I'm used to scripture coming to life. And if you've ever seen scripture come to life, it just all of a sudden you get it like on a whole new level. It's one thing to read scripture, but then to have it come to life is just amazing. And so in this movie and in the book, Redeeming Love, she is really, um, it's an allegory of the story of Hosea. And I want to encourage you, read that story of Hosea in the Word of God. Read Redeeming Love, the book, because it is just, it really is a beautiful picture of how God keeps hunting us down with his love. When we continue to stay in our sin, when we continue to go back to our old ways, when we continue to choose the dark, hard, ugly road, he keeps coming for us. Like we can't do enough to unearn his love, unearn his forgiveness. And so from a personal and just a believer's perspective, I loved the movie because it really painted a picture. And again, the book too of, wow, that is the salvation story. That is redemption. That is Jesus hunting you and I down and saying, hey, you haven't gone too far. You haven't done too much. Your life isn't too far gone that I can't do something with you. And and, I, and he just loves us. Like God loves us. He loves me. God loves you. And so I just want you to, to really focus on that message that God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Uh, so that's the first thing from a personal perspective. Now, I do want to say from a therapist perspective, because I'm just going to be honest. The movie definitely 
had some scenes in it I was not expecting or prepared for. And I shouldn't say I wasn't expecting them because there's not any new scenes in the movie that weren't in the book. I mean, they're very, uh, the main scenes that were in the book are in the movie as well, but they're brought to life, right? And so in the book, you know, you can kind of, um, you can, you could take those stories as far as you want, but to see some of these stories, some of these stories were a little traumatic. And and here's the the caveat, I guess I want to say to the movie and just want you to be prepared for if you haven't, um, you know, this airs, this episode is airing the day before the movie release. And I did that on purpose to bump some episodes back so that we could get this out for you to listen to before. And just know, I do want you to watch the movie. I do want you to take your uh, non-believing friends with you and tell them the story of Christ's love for them, right? Uh, what great talking point, just like Francine and I talked about. But if you are somebody who has had any sexual trauma, especially in your childhood, there's going to be some triggering moments in this movie for you. I just need you to know that and be prepared. So I, if that's you and you're like, yeah, I have sexual trauma in my past. Um, I have, you know, definitely some, maybe some child abuse or you are in an abusive relationship. There were just some disturbing scenes, honestly. Um, they were relevant and needed for the storyline of the movie. So I see why they're there. But I just want you to be warned. I, I, I kind of hesitate to say trigger warning because I know a lot of people don't like that phrase now because it's so overused, especially on social media. You'll see people start their post with trigger warning and it's kind of said so much now that we're all like, okay, whatever. But I do feel the need just to say, hey, if you know that seeing uh, sexual abuse type things um, are hard for you, just be mindful of that going into it. I would say pray before you go into it. Just ask the Lord to just, you know, protect your your heart in that. Um, and then also, it, again, if that's you and you know you've got some sexual trauma, I would also ask you to maybe go ahead and schedule an appointment with your personal therapist for maybe the day after or week after so you have somewhere to process what came up. Because like I said, I just wasn't fully uh, ready for some of the scenes. And so that's why I kind of, I've wrestled with my review of this movie because I'm like, of course I love the book. Of course I love Francine and everything she does. And of course I love the message, the takeaway message of this movie is God's redeeming love. But I don't want you to get lost in the weeds of some of the stuff that might come up for you that could interfere with the the key takeaway message. And just like you heard Francine say, the message that she wants everybody to walk away from this movie with is God loves you and God is there for you and he is going to hunt you down and he's going to keep coming after you no matter what okay so just keep that in mind though about the sexual trauma piece and just be aware of it um on back to a personal note i personally won't be taking my daughters to watch the movie i was hoping i could um one day i'll be able to but they're just still too young right now just because there are some sex scenes in it um there are you know just lots of language and things that my girls just have not been exposed to I'm all for, you know, we're real talk with Rachel. I have real hard conversations with my kids, um, but I'm just not quite ready for them to see it in action. But they will one day get to see it and get to read, you know, read the book and things. But for those of you who are parents, you're kind of wondering, hey, maybe could I bring my daughter? Again, that's a personal choice and what you feel like every kid and every family is different and what they're ready for and what they can handle. So obviously that's a personal decision. That's why I said that's my personal hat now, not my therapist hat. My personal hat is, yeah, not quite ready to take my girls to see it. One day they'll get to, but um, yeah, just wanted to let you know my honest thoughts on that. And then, hey, one more thing. 
Francine mentioned this, and I'm going to mention it again. If you haven't read the book, please take time to do it. And of course, you can still go see the movie without having read it. But I promise you, you're probably going to want to read it after you leave the movie. So go ahead and buy the book if you don't have it yet. Because you'll be able to see that story of Hosea, that story of Jesus and and God's redeeming love so much better in the movie if you have some of that backstory and some of those details that maybe weren't included in the movie to give you that full picture, okay? Well, I hope this review helped you. I know today's episode was a little different. I've never had uh, somebody come on where we talked about a movie, a book that turned into a movie. So this was a pretty cool thing. It was also just really neat to get to talk to Francine. And I just pray that, you know, just like she said, that you're able to go, you're able to bring a friend and you're able to just see uh, what Jesus wants to speak to you through both the book and the movie. Well, that does conclude our Get Real segment practical for today. As always, if you've loved this episode, consider leaving a review, consider sharing it with a friend. It helps more listeners get access to the show, which we just love bringing new people in to this community. I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.